Hello and welcome to Babe Cave. I am Amanda Pollock and this is the Babe Cave Book Club March 2020 episode. And this month we are reading Jane Austen's unfinished manuscript, Sanditon. So um, a few little housekeeping things. Something I've realized is that... A lot of people are intimidated by book clubs. A lot of people are intimidated by quote unquote seemingly like um, hard literary reads. Uh, I had some of that feedback uh, talking about uh, reading Jane Austen. And I wanted to kind of reframe all of this. So I love reading because. I love being transported into different worlds, and uh, there's actually research that states when you read uh, a book or if you're watching a movie, there's actually a psychological thing that happens where you put yourself into the shoes of the character and how what happens to the character, you feel that it's happening to you. And... I really wanted to share that experience with other people. I know reading can seem like, uh, you know, people have an aversion to reading, which, uh, you know, some of that also might even just be uh, some, uh, you know, if you have dyslexia or there's um, even just negative things around reading. If you weren't a great reader in school, I know uh, for myself, even just watching other people, they got very nervous about reading out loud. Uh, because you would, you know, feel like you were being judged or there's a lot of things around that. But this book club is really to kind of break down walls and to share just authors who I love, who I think you would love to add some new titles to your book list that you may not have found the motivation to read before, but also talking about it in just a very real way. So uh, a little bit of background for you is that, you know, I never really felt super um, (laughs) great about talking about work in class. I did go to college for English with a concentration in creative writing, but that doesn't mean that I even feel super comfortable talking um, talking about literature. There's a great divide even in the literary world or like amongst writers because often if you were doing creative writing, your thesis was a creative work. So it's short stories or a novel or something. And then if you were the liter if you were the literature track, that meant that you were um, analyzing literary works. And that's coming from more of, you know, um, a research-ish perspective. And I remember there just being two different schools of thought where there was a lot of us in the crea- creative writing track who were like, we don't want to do that. That's not my strong point. And I would say for myself, I never felt like that was a strong point, analyzing literature. I would only find the things that I liked and I could talk about it in that way, but I felt that I didn't have that elevated sense to talk about that work. So I wanted to just share that because, you know, with this, 
Um, you know, someone made a comment to me. They were like, well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not like you. I didn't, you know, go to school for English. And I just want to say that that has nothing to do with anything, honestly. You know, um, a lot of this too is just the way that you think about it and the way that you frame it. So if you believe that, you know, some of these things are just really hard to read or, um, you know, you already tell yourself that it's going to be super hard and you can't read it or understand it, most likely then you're not going to be able to read it or understand it. And, you know, something that I like to do is if I'm not really understanding a work, I'll just Google you know, how other people found it and something that was, is always really helpful. And this is why I really want to talk about, you know, this just for the book club, but, um, and have conversations around this. But sometimes you'll read a book and you're like, man, this is really hard to read. It must just be me. And that's actually not the thing. You know, maybe it's that kind of time period and you don't understand. Um, For instance, you know, this podcast was inspired by Virginia Woolf and Virginia Woolf is known for stream of consciousness. So like if when you're having a conversation with a friend, uh, you would most likely, you know, you're they're saying something, you're saying something, but then you think of like some kind of thought that connects to something else and then it connects to another thought and then it connects to another thing. And then you might, you know, the next thing that comes out of your mouth may or may not be related to what that person just said. You know, you're leaping through thoughts. Uh, And so if you didn't know that, you would read Virginia Woolf and you're like, what the, what is she talking about? I have no idea. So context, context is super important. I'll share this too. Um, In an English uh, course in college, um, it was American lit and we had to read uh, Faulkner. And we read The Sound and the Fury. And to me, I found it infuriating because I didn't understand it. I found it very confusing. But you hear some of these literary names and you feel like, oh, everyone else knows them. They must be great. I must be the dummy. And that's not true. My professor even shared, she was like, no, he was known for not rereading his work and for drinking a lot. So that may or may not be like why you don't like it. Uh, so just keep in mind some of those things that this stuff is supposed to be fun. And if you find it challenging, I do encourage you to just Google or even go to the library and talk to a librarian and find, you know, they have a lot of works. I got one actually, um, for Sanditon and, um, it's, uh, a critic, like a critical look at it by, uh, Janet Todd, who is a literary specialist, if you will. She's analyzed a lot of Jane Austen's work, but it just gives you context for kind of where things were in that time, maybe how this differs from other works or, you know, it just makes it more attainable. So, you know, sometimes you're going to read a, a, a book that may or may not feel like you know the whole story. So context is really important. So don't just count yourself out and say, oh, well, I didn't study literature. Um, I can't tell you how many people I was in classes with (laughs) who studied English who also felt like I have this English degree and I don't know that I could write a great critical essay. So all of that to say, welcome to the Babe Cave Book Club, March 2020 episode. Um, so next week, actually, I'm, uh, have a bonus 
for the book club that will come out and and we'll do like a analysis of the unfinished manuscript versus uh, PBS's masterpiece series on Sanditon, which is so good. And that ending had me shook. Uh, but we'll talk about that next week. But for this one, I kind of just really wanted to um, share a little bit more about Jane Austen and Sanditon and um, what made this work different than some of her other works and to give you some context for who she is. Uh, because I'll be honest, for me, sometimes it helps to know like who a writer is and it makes me want to read more or less of them. So uh, something you should know, and this is a really fun connection. So uh, Virginia Woolf, who this podcast was inspired by, um, especially her essay, A Room of One's Own, speaks a lot of Jane Austen in that essay. So one of the the lines she says is that, you know, for so many years, anonymous was just another name for woman. So a lot of people would have uh, works published and it was all anonymously. So something that um, is pretty interesting is that uh, Jane Austen's six like full novels uh, were all published anonymously. And you know, that's something that happened a lot. It was only um, posthumously that um, she uh, was even posthumously, <laughs> humorously. Um, it was only after she passed away that um, her family like really um, pushed to uh, have her works distributed on a wider level because she never, um, I believe she never sold the copyright uh, the copyright laws, um, she never sold those for any of her works, which would have been able to give her, um, greater monetary success. Um, so, so that's something to think about is that I love how different writers were inspired by, they really loved each other. Virginia Woolf was a really big fan of Jane Austen. Um, something I also think is really fun is sometimes you think that, oh, if someone's really famous, then, you know, other writers or other people really liked them. Well, Charlotte Bronte and Mark Twain were not fans of her at all. In fact, um, Charlotte Bronte said in a letter that Jane Austen was a complete and most sensible lady, but a very incomplete and rather insensible, not senseless woman. Uh, and that <laughs> she had some final thoughts on her too, is that um, Jane Austen, she's real, more real than true, but she cannot be great. And then Mark Twain said <laughs> that um, he, her stories were absent and to remove her novels from his library would make a fairly good library out of a library that hadn't a book in it. So uh, <laughs> just because someone's famous doesn't mean that other people like them or that you even have to like them. But anyway, uh, so something that I think is really interesting, I found really interesting in uh, the essay by Janet Todd. And, and like I said, this is a book by Janet Todd, and she has uh, done critical essays on a lot of Jane Austen's work. But she mentioned, you know, that for people who may not realize this, but a lot of the characters of Jane Austen are recycled 
a um, a lot of the motifs are recycled. I actually heard someone say one time that writers write the same story over and over. And so when I read that part in Janet Todd's essay, I was like, oh my gosh, she is so true. I mean, that's so true. Um, but, you know, a lot of what Jane Austen writes about, you know, she was writing at the end of the 17th century, early 18th century. Uh, but it's really about a woman's agency uh, with who, she, who you're, you are not allowed to marry. You are very tied to uh, your male heirs and a lot of her female characters have to move a lot. It, it centers a lot around home. And the thing that made Sanditon interesting, uh, I mean, amongst many things, I mean, it's the final work. So I think, especially since it's unfinished, you don't have, um, it was interesting. Uh, Janet Todd actually said something about that it was within like 25,000 words or so that you already knew like the direction that a Jane Austen novel would go. So, you know, Sense and Sensibility, uh, Pride and Prejudice, Emma, you know, you kind of, you really had this idea of like where this is going, but that's roughly about what Sanditon is, um, that word count, but you don't really have a full, full picture of where it's going. And it's interesting because, you know, this was written at the end of Jane Austen's life. Um, there's uh, different thoughts of uh, why she died or how she died. I read something where, you know, people believe that she might have been poisoned. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not going to speculate on that. But, uh, you know, you're reading these other works and they've been finished. You know, they've been edited. They've, um, they have polish on them. Something that Jane Austen was really known for was, um, like you'll notice in for Sense and Sensibility, for instance, there's very, very little dialogue. Like they are, are, she was known for this, you know, being able to create this full internal world for characters that wasn't centered around dialogue. But in Sanditon, there's a lot of dialogue. I was, that was one of the things that I first noticed. I was like, wow, people are talking a lot, uh, which it always is curious to me is if that the final works are really the the author's final works. If you know anything about um, writing and editing, and uh, this is something I really want to explore more of is what that editing process looked like then, because something I do know is that there are certain periods in time where editors were more highly regarded than the writers themselves because you're the, really the person who's you know crafting that. Now we think of we think of editors very very little and it's more of the writers and you think that oh you're the one who crafted all of this but it's a collaborative process. Uh, but I'm always curious because I did read some harsher critiques of Sanditon. And, you know, talking about how the characters weren't fully realized or, and I'm like, okay, but it's an unfinished novel and she was sick at the end of her life. Like, give the woman a break. Um, so anyway, um, but all of that to say that it is interesting that, um, you know, and if you take any of your favorite writers, they're most likely writing the same story over and over. There's different, you know, threads. So that's an interesting thing. Once I heard that, I could not stop seeing that everywhere. Um, but 
But yeah, so there's a lot of things too that are interesting of how, you know, you hear a lot about like writing what you know. And um, a couple of just like curious um, things that I found in Janet Todd's essay. Um, But so you'll notice that, you know, it really centers around this woman, Charlotte Haywood, who, um, you know, just magically meets this, um, not magically, but there's a a man, Tom Parker, and his wife, they're going through town, they're on their way to Sanditon, um, this beach community that they're really, you know, it's creating this resort, this seaside resort, and, you know, touting the benefits of sea bathing, which is more of just like dips in the ocean, you're not swimming in there. But apparently that was very, very popular at that time. And Jane Austen um, herself went and spent many summers at the ocean. And um, this kind of therapeutic idea about the the benefits of salt water um, was highly touted. And you read, when I first read that, I was like, what is this? <laughs> um but it's really, really true, and and we'll talk about this next week. But even just the um, the 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 very um, detailed uh, version of it, also in the film, uh, the the PBS goodness, can I talk in the masterpiece series? It it was men were allowed to um, go fully nude, and women had to enter. Um, in a carriage with an attendant who then would also help them. And I believe they were only allowed to be in there for one or two minutes. Uh, But also at that time, a lot of people really did tout the benefits of it. And a lot of people um, claimed to have recovered from illnesses that left them almost um, completely disabled. So that's kind of um, an interesting Thing. Another one is that, you know, Jane Austen's really known for kind of this like very home, um, like pastoral writing. And Sanditon is such a far leap from that. It talks a lot about um, entrepreneurs and, you know, businessmen in a way that her other novels previous but hadn't previously talked about. And it could definitely be something of the time, but it is interesting because if you read any of her other work and then you read this, you're like, wow, this is, this doesn't even feel like the same, this doesn't even feel like the same writer. And I mean, also writers can, can change over the years. Um, but that was something really interesting that I found of, um, just kind of the tone. And again, it could be that it was the first draft. Uh, another thing is that, you know, people want to speculate about, you know, where this this place was. And Janet Todd talked about that in her essays. And that you're, you know, Jane Austen was vague enough, would be specific, but vague enough that you would not know where this fictional town really would be. Um, which... You know, it's it's fiction, right? So it doesn't have to be necessarily like a a good um, place. But uh, something else that I really wanted to share was how people have tried to since finish the story. 
So, you know, next week we will talk about, uh, we will talk a, a lot about, you know, the, the PBS series and kind of how we, you know, it, it compares to other Jane Austen works. Um, but I did want to say that, you know, so this little bit from um, Janet Todd's book, uh, she said that, you know, most Austen novels declare their plot before they reach 24,000 words, but Sanditon leaves its story wide open. Perhaps for this reason, there are few continuations than might be expected until, of course, the post-millennium fevered spinoff industry through self-publishing, vanity presses, and fan vids. Boundaries are forsaken, and the works of the megastar Jane Austen are continued, adapted, appropriated, exploited, and flamboyantly enjoyed by millions. So something else, some, and I mentioned this earlier, but her family really tried to push her works forward. Uh, there were a lot of her descendants who, you know, tried to take stabs at, at writing it. But the truth is, is that a lot of them felt like they, you know, you're, you're just the imitation of Jane Austen. There's no way you could know where she was going with any of this. Um, which, you know, maybe that's for the best. Um, I think about this book a lot, you know, even just as I, you know, said, like, the tone is different. Like, what if her ending was so disappointing? What if we didn't like it? What if she was, you know, maybe she knew she was really at the end of the life, her life. So, you know, maybe this is more of something she did want to write. Maybe it was going to be wildly different. We'll have, we have no idea. But what I do know is that this is the last work but of a phenomenal writer. You know, I think that when I read Jane Austen's other works, there are, you know, there are some people who just capture things so timelessly. So, you know, we don't live in a world so much where women have to still follow their male heirs and they're beholden to men in the way they were in the time of Jane Austen. But there are so many other things that are still pretty accurate. And something I will say too is that the way that she writes love and heartbreak, I think are still applicable to today. I'm actually rereading Sense and Sensibility right now. And there's some things in there that I'm like, wow, she, she really, really got it. And, you know, as a woman who never married, um, she had two broken engagements, but, you know, it was said that she, she did want, um, and there's, these are varying accounts, but, you know, some people say that she did understand the, you know, need for someone who, you know, was wealthy enough, although it is said that her first engagement, um, that was, it was the um, differences of riches and he didn't have enough. So that was why she didn't pursue an engagement with him. Who knows? But um, I would encourage you, in addition to Sanditon, to just pick up, you know, something of Jane Austen and just try. And you don't have to even understand all of it. Um, but I would say that once you kind of know her work, you will see it everywhere. 
for instance, um, the novel Emma is uh, was then adapted into Clueless. Uh, there's and there's also so many like Hallmark movies that also have a lot of the same uh, motifs, and you'll even see like I think it was. Um, a Hallmark movie. It was a Christmas movie this last season or two seasons ago, but it was like Pride and Pemberley Place or something. So, you know, a riff off of Pride and Prejudice. But anyway, um, those are just some like fun little thoughts, tidbits I had about those things. We will get um, into the Masterpiece Theater series next week with a special guest. But I did just want to open this dialogue up. You don't have to know everything about anything. And, you know, this is supposed to be something that's just kind of fun. Like, I I don't want this to be a thing where you're like, oh, no, I have to prepare homework. I have to, <laughs> I have to know all of these things. Like, you know, reading should be really fun. And I, I want to just expose all of us to more great works and to not feel like we can't talk about these things because like I said I've I studied English in college and I even still feel like oh you know those are just fun things I noticed I don't need to talk about um you know symbolism or (laughs) some of those things all the time sometimes you just like a book because you like a book so anyway Um, Thank you so much for tuning in. Tune in next week. We will have a continuation of Sanditon. And I hope this, you know, just provided some value and some insight. And, you know, head on over to amandapollock.com. Let me know how you found Sanditon the book. Was it easy? Was it hard? Was it not really what you thought? Um, What is it like reading a fragment of something? Uh, that might be a new experience for some people and tune in next week and I can't wait to be with you then.